0: Rodman Jenkins. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I'm the teaching pastor here at Forefront. It is indeed an honor and a privilege to be here. Welcome, welcome to those who are able to make it in the house, just a few of us, and certainly a warm welcome to everyone who is viewing virtually. Uh, We are here at the end of the year. We made it. We did it. Hallelujah. We have so much to be grateful for. So we thank God for this last Sunday of Advent Um, we thank God for the fact that we are almost at the close of 2021 about to head into a new year and we give God praise for this sermon series Uh, It started off with shepherds a couple of weeks ago and then Reverend Josh preached on the donkey or the ass last Sunday and here we are this Sunday with the angels And there's so many wonderful events that are happening now, so many things to um, get us in the spirit of Christmas as we welcome the Christ child and lots of shopping, lots of connecting with family and friends. It is the most wonderful time of the year. However, it is also a time when there are so many people experiencing Loneliness, depression, loss, anxiety. And certainly with the rising COVID cases, with Omicron cases getting higher and higher, we have had to pivot, not just within this forefront Sunday worship. But in our own lives, many have had plans uh, to travel. Um, they've been canceled. We were supposed to hang out this week as a forefront family at Alvin Alley. We had to cancel that. Um, we had our celebration planned. Um, the end of the year, giving is not canceled, just to let you all know. <laughs> end of the year, giving is still going on. Praise the Lord. And you know, it's just not a good feeling. There's a feeling of heaviness, uncertainty, as we are still in these precarious times. And it seems everywhere we turn, we are getting disappointing news, frustrating news, unwanted news, and bad news. Now see, this is significant because if you're a Broadway fan and if you remember Eveline, the Wicked Witch of the West from The Wiz, a Broadway musical some decades ago, Eveline used to sing this song, don't nobody bring me no bad news. And that's the way I feel. (laughs) And maybe that's the way some of you all feel. Don't nobody bring me no more bad news. So there's this tension, right? There's a lot of excitement, a lot of awe and wonderment, and there's also frustration. There's also stress and feeling out of sorts. The question that we need to ask ourselves is, how are we handling everything that is coming at us from many different sides, and how are we handling all of these different messages that we are receiving? The fact of the matter is, I am here to encourage us today that in spite of everything, we can have hope. As we make it to the final lap and the final leg, of 2021, we can still hope in Jesus. See, the final lap is significant for me because I'm a runner, and you know, with that last lap, you have to dig in deep. That's, that last lap is when your bones start to get a little riggy, a little rigor mortis, and sometimes they feel heavy, um, but you push forward with all your might. And that's what I'm encouraging us to do as we round out this series and this year I want us to focus on the angels and the messages that they were able to give to Mary and to the shepherds leading up to the birth of Christ. They had a message of good news. They had a message that Jesus was coming. And this good news was not just for some. This good news was for all. It was for all people everywhere, and what a blessing that is. Amen? Amen. So what is your connection to angels? I know in my faith traditions of Catholic and uh, Pentecostal and uh, Baptist, we've had many instances where we've talked about angels, and sometimes our faith traditions have allowed us to believe in angels, and sometimes they've caused us to sort of be maybe suspicious and question whether or not they really exist. So sometimes these messages about angels have come in a host of different ways from songs to the way we've been taught to pray to people giving us certain words or certain messages. When I was a youth coming up in the church, we used to have this saying, um, if there was something that was coincidental, or someone shows up that you were just talking about, you say, speak of the devil. Can anyone relate to that? Speak of the devil. And Aunt Elsie, who was one of our youth leaders, used to say, children, don't say, speak of the devil. She used to say, speak of the angels, because she wanted us to speak life and words of upliftment and empowerment. Speak of the angels. When we would travel, as a family, we would pray that God would dispatch angels of protection around us. Maybe some of you are familiar with that, and some of you have prayed that prayer that angels would surround your vehicle or whatever mode of transportation you were taking to provide protection. My partner, Todd, um, you might not see him singing up here, but best believe at home, he belts out songs all the time. And there's one particular song that he enjoys singing because he learned it from his youth, and it sticks with him today. And his song is all day, all night, hold the angels, keep watch over me. He loves that song, and it's a beautiful, beautiful song. And then maybe some of you remember Richard Smallwood. Angels watching over me. Angels watching over me. So I would encourage you, if you can relate to anything that I've shared, go ahead and drop it in the chat. Begin to engage with each other as it relates to your experiences or whatever you've been taught. About angels have you personally have ever had an angel encounter now it may seem strange may seem funny it may seem unbelievable sometimes these things happen one of my good friends was called to the ministry and she said that she had an angel encounter an encounter that her partner didn't experience who was actually in the same room with them An angel encounter, think about it. And many of us can relate to those times and those experiences where something happens and you're like, wait a minute. That person was my angel. My sister, my youngest sister, wanted to see President Nelson Mandela when he made his first trip to the United States after his imprisonment. He was appearing, he was going to speak at Riverside Church in Manhattan. She didn't have a ticket, but she wanted to be in the house, and she wanted to be there uh, with all of those individuals to witness this historic moment. And she wound up going to Riverside without a ticket, believing God, and she stood there, and there were layers upon layers of people trying to get in, trying to get a glimpse of President Mandela. As the story goes, she stood there, and there were tons of people in front of her, and out of nowhere, a hand comes out of the crowd with a ticket and hands my sister a ticket, allowing her to go inside to witness this historic moment. My sister called that person, that hand, whatever that was, her angel. In today's sermon, there are two angelic visits that occur that are important to the story of Christ's birth. First, the angel known as Gabriel visits the Virgin Mary to inform her that she will give birth to the Son of the Most High. In Luke 1:31 through 33, it reads, And now An angel appears to shepherds watching over their flock to bring them good news of great joy that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, that a savior has been born in the town of David. Luke 2, 10 through 14. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom their favor rests." In both instances, Mary and the shepherds are a bit startled. This seems a bit peculiar, a little something that they weren't familiar with. However, the angel assures them that everything would be all right because it was not bad news that they were bringing, it was good news. And then Mary, when she had her encounter, she said, here am I, the servant of the Lord. May your word to me be fulfilled. Yes, I'm a little nervous, don't necessarily know what's happening, but I trust, and may your word to me be fulfilled. And as it relates to the shepherds, they clearly found the angel to be a reliable source. And what could be more convincing than a host of heavenly angels? So the shepherds hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. Both were receptive to the message from the angels that they each received It was a message of good news that the Christ child Jesus would bring hope and peace and joy and love. And they both responded, albeit a little nervous or afraid at first, they responded with open hearts and open spirits to the messages that they each received. They, Mary and the shepherds, can help us as we navigate all of the news and all of the messages that we receive in our own individual lives. It will help us to think about the messages that we receive and how we will respond. You know, sometimes it's hard to receive the good news of truth and life because our messages get hidden in traditions and beliefs that cloud the truth of who we really are and who God called us to be. Sometimes these hidden messages that we should be embracing get hidden in toxic relationships. When folks tell us that we're not good enough, We are not skilled enough that we're too fat, that we're too skinny, that we're too light, that we're too dark, that we don't have enough abilities to be able to do a particular thing. And those messages then get buried. Sometimes the messages get squashed by negative self-talk, traumatic experiences, doubt, fear, confusion, spiritual abuse, and oppression. When I first felt that God was calling me to preach the gospel, to share the good news, I hid the message that I received. It happened at a church right here in Brooklyn, New York, when I was in my 20s. And I was at a service and I loved going to church and loved fellowshipping and just loved worshipping, so whenever there was a concert, a service, me and my friends, we were there. And in this particular service, I felt the power of God and the Holy Spirit on me in a very peculiar and different way, in a way I had never experienced. And I felt in my spirit that God shared with me that I was supposed to preach. And I said, oh, no, not me, Lord. No way. <laughs> no way. And I, and I hid it. And the reason that I hid it was because I could not see myself in that paradigm, right? Because I felt that the people who I would ordinarily see preach, our pastors, our church leaders, I mean they were so dynamic and so powerful and they always gave just a spirit-filled word and you know, they would have the church up and clapping and rejoicing and I was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, I don't necessarily see myself there. Another reason why I couldn't necessarily see myself there was because they were primarily men. And as a young woman, I didn't necessarily see myself fitting into the role of preacher or even pastor. And then they had a particular cadence. So when they preached, they would sing and they would move in a particular way and that's, yes. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it. Again, I was there. I loved it. Um, I didn't necessarily see myself moving in that light, right? And I felt like there were many people who were the same, right? And fit this particular mold. And I felt like I was so different, right? So I hid the message because I felt like there wasn't a place for me as a preacher pastor. Now, I was active in church. I sang, I ushered, I um, taught young people, I was in Sunday school, but preaching, I was gonna leave that to other people. And then I had the opportunity to accompany my mother, Lucy Rodman, down to Norfolk, Virginia. Now, Norfolk was the place where she spent her formative years, um, and she graduated from high school, and then she migrated up north, uh, went to college, and ultimately got her master's, and someone that she knew had passed away. So she asked me to accompany her Back down to Virginia, I happily did. We decided to visit one of her childhood friend's um, mothers, a mother of her childhood friend. And we walked in, and it was interesting. Um, they were having noonday prayer, so we decided to go in. and as soon as we walked in, the, my mother's friend looked at me and she said, "Oh my goodness!" She said, "You're a minister." She said, "You're a little missionary. You." Minister, now I told you that I had already hidden that message, right? But there was something so powerful about this experience with this woman as soon as I stepped into her house. And I had on pants, it's significant that I had on pants because in our church, if you wore pants, you got minimized, you um, were looked, uh, you were frowned upon, <laughs> right? Because pants were not appropriate for women going to church, right? So I felt there was something to it. I journaled about it, but I was just like, nah, this is not really me. But I felt like this woman was my angel. But again, kept it hidden. Maybe a couple years later, I don't really remember. Sometime later, I had a couple friends that came to me and said, Vinita, we have something serious to share with you. The Lord told us that you're supposed to be a minister, (laughs) And I said, oh my gosh, and it was two guys, they were both ministers and they came to me and they just shared what they felt the Holy Spirit had shared with them. And I confessed to them and I said, listen, I have to tell you, I don't wanna tell anyone, I am scared, I don't think this is me, I lack confidence, Um, you know, I don't have the education, you know, all of this. And they said, no, so we talked about next steps and then I still continued to hide it even after that conversation. And then we had a youth service and told you was still hidden, and uh, my friend, I invited him to come and preach, and after the sermon, we, a few of us went up to the altar to be prayed for, and I'm standing there, I'm waiting for my friend to come pray for me and with me, and he tells me, after the fact, that when he approached me to pray, the Holy Spirit told him, hallelujah, Vanita is called to preach. And now this is his wrestling with the spirit. He said, Lord, Vanita sings. She acts. I don't know if she's supposed to be a preacher. This is what was going on in his head before he even prayed for me. But he opened himself up and he came to me and he gave me that message. That was the turning point for me to be able to share like Mary and say like Mary said, God, Your Word may your word in me be fulfilled. May your word in me be fulfilled. I thank God because when I was ordained, I wound up being one of the first woman ministers to be ordained at Community Baptist Church in Englewood, New Jersey. Had no idea until I read the history of the church. I praise God for that. And who knew that in 20 20, when the pandemic started, that God would call me to pastor a virtual community, right? Hidden messages that need to be resurfaced. That's what we're talking about today. And then here we are at my commissioning service in August, right here at Forefront Church. This is God, and this is how God and the Holy Spirit work and we will get messages from people, and it's up to us to decide how we will respond. It may be fearful, it may be scary, you may have doubt, you may be confused, but when God has a special call on your life, I'm encouraging us to be receptive like Mary and like the shepherds and say, here am I, May your word in me, God, be fulfilled. I am trusting in you, and I have faith to believe that you will bring all things to fruition as you see fit. Do you feel called to something? What are the various messages that you're receiving? How are you responding? Whose report will you believe? I am here with good news to let you know that. It's important to believe the reports of the Lord. God's report says you are healed, that you are free, that you have victory right where you are. You know, my favorite film, Christmas film is Miracle on 34th Street. And there is something about the ends of that that always resonates with me the little girl and you know she asked santa for this house and she's not sure and they're going and she's in the car and she says i believe i believe it's silly but i believe so when you get your word when you get your message it might sound weird it might sound strange but i would encourage you to embrace the message and say like that little girl i believe i believe It's silly, but I believe the good news is that Jesus is alive and Jesus has come to bring us life to the full. We are at forefront, a progressive church, an affirming church. We are a church that is here ushering the next 500 years. Of Christianity not like we're going to usher we're a part of the movement progressive movement right now our end of the year giving campaign as we go into the new year we're going to be talking more about it and its forefront forever forward a rich legacy and dynamic future the dreams and visions for a more inclusive church have been brought to fruition we honor the prayers and tireless efforts of the pastors pastors like jonathan williams and his mentors and staff and leaders and volunteers who have preceded us in ministry we honor our legacy those who may not be here now but played a role in all of us being here in this place to be able to worship and we thank god who would have thought That all of us, from our various faith traditions, from conservatism, from legalism, from restrictive faith backgrounds, who would have thought that we would all be here, (laughs) worshiping together, trying to do something different, trying to save lives, trying to help people heal, trying to help people live. So we refer to the angel as hidden figures because ultimately they deliver their message and Then they go on to do what they're doing, and then the focus becomes on the birth of Jesus Christ. But even though they may be hidden to a degree, their message of hope and goodness and joy and love is everlasting. Their message is everlasting. You know, there was another woman whose message um, is everlasting, and that's Bell Hooks. Uh, social activist, black scholar, professor, author. She passed away this week, and she has so many ways that will touch, and she's had so many ways that have touched people with her message of love as liberation, of hope, I had the opportunity to hear her speak at the National Women's Studies Conference down in Puerto Rico back in 2014, and what a dynamic woman she was. She has a message that is everlasting, and we are to embrace her work, Ain't I a Woman, Teaching to Transgress, and all of the works that she's done. I hope that we would get in touch with all of the ways she transformed lives. Bell hooks. So in the midst of our busyness, our chaos, our disappointment, I'm here to remind you that we are to receive this everlasting message, that Jesus is the reason for the season. And no matter what, we can hope in Christ because God loves us and God is for us. And no matter what word we receive, I encourage us to open up ourselves and say, Lord, may your word to me be fulfilled. I receive your love. I receive your goodness. I receive your healing. May your word to me be fulfilled. I receive your love. Happy birthday, baby Jesus.